Welcome, everyone, to the Hillary Ramos Show, Matters for Mind, Body, and Spirit Talk Radio, dedicated to inspiring the human spirit and raising the collective vibration, one show at a time. Hi, I'm Hillary Ramos. Thank you for joining me this hour. I look forward to a journey filled with inspiration, laughter, and love. I hope to travel with you every week across the World Wide Web to bring connection into your life on all levels. I send each and every one of you love and light as we begin the journey together. During our time together, I invite you to call in or email me with your questions. You can send your emails to me directly at hillary at hillaryramo.com. I will personally answer all of them, as will my invited guest live on the show. I am also available for private readings done by phone from anywhere in the world. You can find all of that information on my radio homepage right here on bbsradio.com. Joining me this hour is my specially invited guest, channel and medium Tina Bueno. Born in Italy, Tina grew up a global citizen. As a child, Tina communicated with her spirit guides, but suppressed it to only Dreamtime contact until 1996. She graduated with an MBA in international management in 1998 in Monterey, California, and started a management training company for international executives in Tokyo, Japan. While visiting Italy in 2005, Tina's spirit guides inspired her to write her two books, Soul Liberating Forgiveness and Soul Energizing Messages, to help those awakening to their heart-centered power. Later that year, while swimming with whales in their natural habitat, they communicated a message to Tina. Tina says she heard very clearly the words, clear their murky water so they can see their true light. This moved her into starting Healthy Soul Centers a name that came to Tina in a dream, where she and her husband offer evolutionary services. Tina is a clairvoyant and clairaudient channel of spirit guides, angels, and divine beings. Without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest, Tina Bueno. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Hillary. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here and have fun talking about the subjects we love most. Well, I think you have a tremendous amount of really incredible information, and I just, I'm very excited to get started, and I have a whole bunch of wonderful questions that my listeners have submitted for our show tonight, so we'll get to those later on. Um, but first, I think what I'd like to talk about are the basics, because very often, you know, well, you would know because you're in this work, too, when we talk about spirit guides, most often we assume everybody understands what that means. So what I'd like to do is just kind of go back to the basics and explain what spirit guides are. Mm. For me, it has been when I channel uh, in private sessions, spirit guides come in all forms and all frequencies. A lot of times it's angels of the angelic realm. It can be other dimensional beings, what we might call uh, beings from other planets. Um, sometimes it's people's family or relatives that or friends who've crossed over. So it can be a wide variety. But I'm so specific about working with only light beings that um, that, that opened it up, though, to quite an entourage of, of different entities that come through. So how would somebody tell the difference between working? Because in the shamanic world, they talk about power animals. They talk about spirit guides. You know, um, I teach Reiki. I believe you take, teach Reiki also. Yes. You know, we work with Reiki guides, you know, in different modalities, different holistic modalities. There are different kinds of, quote, spirit guides. So how does one tell the difference between a light being spirit guide versus perhaps, you know, an underworld spirit being guide? Or how, how would you know the difference? You said you worked with light guides. How would one, just getting started in this work, know how to work with that? That's a really good question. For me, Hillary, it's been about frequency and feeling. So I can feel when, um, when a being is coming through that has a frequency of light, for example. Now, sometimes pets do come through uh, with messages as well, uh, but that may not necessarily be their power animal. Then there's, then there's energies that might feel a little denser, and those kind of feel heavier. And one thing I think that's really important to 
to know is that any beings that are coming through that tell you what to do uh, is not a being that's coming from light and from the heart because we have free will and the beings that come through are simply guiding and coming from a place of, of absolute love. And they might be sharing, for example, things that are going on in your in your consciousness or in your give you a new perspective on what's going on in your your life. But if there's any beings or entities that come through telling you what to do or it feels a little heavy and, and you don't feel light afterwards, you don't feel really good during or afterwards, that would be a really big indicator that there's a, a difference between the two. How would you tell the difference if, if the spirit working with you or the power animal working with you, you know, what comes to mind as you're talking is the movie The Golden Compass. Did you happen to see that? I did. <laughs> I love that movie. Wasn't that a great movie? And, what you know, what I really loved was the fact that you could see people's power animals. Yeah. And they were very, you know, you could see them and you could see other people's power animals and children's change. They were shape-shifting power animals. So one of the things that caught my attention with that movie was, you know, what would it be like if we could all see each other's main power animal and how that would change our experience. Now, I'm talking about power animals in more of a shamanic sense because I've been trained to work with them shamanically, but, you know, some people sense a spirit guide perhaps in animal form or human form or, you know, some kind of other form or perhaps as a light. So when somebody begins to work with these energies, you know, sometimes it's not uncommon to not be able to get anything. You know, somebody's trying to connect with a spirit guide, and you know, or they're doing a spirit guide workshop, or they're doing some kind of exercise to connect with a spirit guide. It's not uncommon to not be able to get an actual visual or feel for their guide. What would you recommend to people who who come across that? And that's really common uh, because some people are just waking up to um, one of those elements. For example, the feeling, the hearing, or the seeing. And what I say is is to just sit in the heart, really take the mind's attention to the heart and ask for divine assistance, ask for clarity. And instead of imagining, just allow whatever to come through to come through and allow that to be open. In other words, don't have the expectation that you're going to see it right there front and center in 3D, but allow yourself to to develop um, some type of sense that it's coming through, whether it is hearing, whether it is through feeling. Maybe you have a certain sensation, uh, something will brush your arm or, uh, to, to get your attention. Perhaps you'll hear something that's coming through and you're wondering, is that my own mind? Did I just think that or is it something completely different? And just by allowing yourself to be open, and continuing to acknowledge that you're experiencing something or you're allowing this spirit experience to come through really helps a lot. And it, I think that it's something that takes a little bit of practice, but to me it's practice in really remembering because we all know how to do this already. It's just we've forgotten, and so now now it's coming through even stronger because our guides and and dear ones and beings of light are, are coming through very strongly to help us out. So if we just open ourselves up to even the idea, the possibility that you can do it and know that you are worthy to receive it because a lot of times people feel, oh, I can't do this. You know, that's for them and only they know how to do that. And and it's it's not true if they just open up their hearts to allowing themselves to receive in some way a sign. And you can actually ask it to come through really clearly. Please give me a sign in a way that I'll recognize it. And that's then really not hold on to the expectation of how yeah. that's going to look. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point to make because, you know, we all want to connect with it. We all have them. I, You know, it's my belief that we come into this experience with a main power animal or spirit guide that is, is kind of our main one, but we have a... A, a tremendous amount of different ones to work with in different situations. Um, one of the things that I that movie caught my attention with was, you know, they were they were taking children and cutting, 
their relationship with their spirit animal. And they would forget, and that would be a, a, a real important connection. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I guess we can, we can relate to in our lives today is that we're not, you know, actively encouraged, most of us in our societies today, to pursue that kind of relationship with something unseen per se. But um, when we begin to, we, when we begin to reconnect with that unseen element of our life, it's, you really have to develop a relationship. I think. Don't you think you have to, it's kind of like developing any kind of relationship. You start by little steps and sometimes it's just, the first step is about making yourself receptive and maybe it's just about going into meditation or, you know, however you connect with your spirit guide and saying, I am open and letting it be okay that you don't see him the first time. Other people are visionaries and they seem to, you know, have a real easy time going in and, and visualizing and they feel it. But what I think it's, it's, it's humorous because oftentimes we go in expecting to have some grand animal or grand guide. <laughs> and sometimes it's not so much. So leaving expectations at the door is a really important element to connecting with spirit guides. What was it like for you to feel their presence as a child and not be able to outwardly express their presence? Oh, I completely forgot the experience. I had suppressed it apparently so much so that I didn't even remember having that experience. But one thing I, I wanted to go back to, because I think it is a really beautiful point, Hillary, about opening up and not being taught necessarily how to do so or or even suggested and really feeling that disconnection. And, and think about this. How often are we taught as children to wake up and tell ourselves we love ourselves? We're seldom taught that, right? So yeah, if we're not even taught to, <laughs> to, to say I love myself unconditionally, then what, how are we supposed to be open to our own light? Mm. And the more we move away from that, even expressing that self-love, um, the more we move into all of the, the societies or our experiences of what then love is. But we come in as love, and we slowly begin to, to redefine it based on everybody else's definitions. And so when, as, as in the movie, the children were cut off from their soul expression, then if you notice, they began to deteriorate in energy and in light. They started to really deplete themselves, and I believe that's what we've, we've been doing as, you know, as a, as a species, is we've depleted ourselves from that self-love and that connection, and we've forgotten it and forgotten it, and it's been suppressed. But now, now more than ever, it's coming out really strongly. And I think, I, perhaps in your experience you've seen this, but there are, there are some who come in remembering, especially the younger children, and they remember and they stay connected. But from my generation, uh, maybe a few before and a few after, we're coming in and um, we're remembering a little bit later in life. Mm -hmm. We're reconnecting a little bit later in life. And to me, this is not... This is not a part-time gig because I think you started to mention that too. We sometimes do this or sometimes focus on a meditation, but it's not something that part, that's part-time. It's our natural state of being, and we just are not used to living in that natural state of being. That's a good point because, you know, oftentimes people think they can go to a weekend retreat or workshop, which are all wonderful, beautiful expressions of how to learn these skills and think that it's going to become either second nature or it's just a nice thing to do. When, in fact, once you open yourself up to these energies, it's pretty hard to disconnect that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so, why, why would you want to? <laughs> I know, really. Well, how is it for you? I mean, as a child, when you talked about that experience that really uh, popped out at me when I was preparing for the show tonight, um, one of the things I think, because I am a mom too and I have kids, and one of the things that it's, you know, children just seem to be so open and, and ready to go. And, and you mentioned, you know, spending our life remembering, and as we get older it's becoming, um, you know, something that we do as we get older. But what, what about all the kids and children that are coming into 
their own, in a sense, with connecting to these different dimensions, different different entities, different presences, different spirits. What does a mom do? In fact, that is actually going to be addressed in one of the questions that was submitted on my website for tonight's show is, is how to deal with that when you're a parent and a child is going through that particular experience. How, do you, how would you recommend somebody deal with that as a parent? Well, we're fortunate because we have a son also who's uh, nine and a half, and he's very connected, and he chose, we chose each other coming in, and he chose a family where that can be explored and expressed in all ways. And he knows that not everybody gets to do that. So we do, we play different kinds of games with each other. Uh, we, we play the, the uh, psychic game where we, where one of us holds hands with each, with each other and, um, one of us thinks of the basic colors and then the other one, the other one tries to see it and hear it and then says what it is. So we get to play with that a little bit and he's growing up in an environment that allows him to fully express that. For, for children, for parents who maybe are not feeling, uh, their connection but are honoring and recognizing that their children are coming in with this, I highly recommend that you move into the student mode because they are our greatest teachers. So you can ask your child, show me, tell me how that feels. Show me, show me how you do that. For example, when you talk to your spirit guides, what do you see? How do you communicate with them? Uh, my son once said when I was in Egypt that he would send a message with his power animal and, and send it over to me and I would get it. And I would know when he was thinking of me and he would know when I was thinking of him. So he just, uh, he, he taught a bunch of children how to do that. And they are, they are truly our greatest teachers, Hillary. That's just amazing. In fact, it's wonderful that he's so blessed with being a part of your circle. It's just, <laughs> my son is a dreamer and one of the things I do with him, um, is, is work with dream journals and mm. it's been very, very effective. He has a mild form of a learning disability and, you know, he's been in and out of therapy most of his life and one of the things that I, it became very clear very early on for myself was that my son did not learn the way everybody else learned and he was open to different different aspects of life that most kids were not open to. In fact, he would wake up and he would talk about his dreams and he would talk about his dreams so vividly. I mean, our morning breakfast conversation at the table was his dream from the night before and they were so vivid and they were so very clear and probably lucid. I mean, if I ask him if his dreams are lucid, he doesn't understand what that means. But he's probably, it's my feeling that he's probably dreaming lucidly. So one of the things we began with him was a dream journal. And, you know, he'll write down pages after pages of just very clear. And as the scenes shift in dreaming, he's, he's very aware and can very much call that back and rewrite about it and even draw out some of the dreamscapes, which is very just fascinating. And um, we just had a special education meeting with him and um, I brought that to the table, and his therapists were just, you know, borderline shocked, but very, you know, <laughs> encouraged that that was a was a wonderful way for him to express himself. Um, you know, what do you think? About, what happens when a parent, when you have parents, who maybe one is open to something like that, and the other one isn't open to that? I think that that's an obvious question where it changes the experience of the child, but what would you recommend to perhaps a parenting situation that you maybe had one, you know, open parent and another closed parent? That is a good question. Um, first of all, the one that is open, of course, uh, needs to just keep encouraging on the one-on-one -on -one time, for example, uh, the one-on-one -on -one time with your child, you are giving them the opportunity, the space, the forum. Maybe you're taking a walk together, and you're having your conversations. And no one else is, you know, has to be involved in those conversations, and they may not even need to be shared with anybody else. But that allows, that at least allows some sacred time for that to be explored and to be expressed. Uh, if the other parent is really closed off to it. 
Um, the only thing I can think of is is that, well, of course, we both know that they've chosen that scenario, too, because that might be part of the the journey, and the child could very well be there to hold the light for the for the other parent who's closed off to really wake up. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say, Hillary, I think that you make a really good point about, and I think it's beautiful that you have your son writing uh, about his dreams, because... When uh, that's how my guides first started coming through to me, before I could hear them and recognize that they were coming through, they would come through in dreams. And my dreams are so vivid, and I remember them being very vivid and uh, writing them down, and later on in hindsight, going back and, and understanding that they were delivering messages to me, because we get messages all the time from our guides and all different sources. And um, I remember asking, in, well, I was in Italy one time because when I woke up, I wasn't sure exactly where I was, not in terms of the country, but if I was still sleeping or awake. And I asked my guides, you know, this is so real. Which is more, which is more real, my dream time or my awake time? And they said, well, what do you think? And I said, I bet you'd say my dream time. And they said, then you'd be right because... This is more of the dream of the illusion, if you will, and the dream time is when we're really very free from the 3D uh, mental limitations or belief systems. So we're really in our expanded selves, and your son is, when I see him in his dream time, I see that he is in his expanded state. And i got to tell you something, and I'm sure you know this, but for listeners out there who may not be aware, your child has been perhaps, uh, like you said, has a mild learning disability. And that's according to the 3D standards because mm-hmm. those standards are very limited. They're not, they're not prepared for the children who are coming in with massive knowledge and access to that knowledge in their expanded state because they are in expanded states and they have that wisdom that goes far beyond what you know gets taught in the the classrooms and i believe that is part of the reasons why they are coming in remembering and holding that and coming into families that that assist them on that journey because they're the ones who are going to change the system Mm-hmm. The system is not going to be able to hold this robust knowledge base and understanding that they bring in. And it's going to be a completely different system. And I, I'm, I know as we're evolving that the system will have to evolve. It certainly has been an interesting process in the whole diagnosis process with him. In fact, it's just, you know, from where I come from, you know, I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm operating in a whole different place. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, dealing with the traditional school systems and therapists, which are, have all been wonderful, it's just, you know, it's good to stick firm to what, you know, it, you know and for my, for my particular situation, it was really important that I, I understood him on the level that he's coming from. And, you know, that was always in the back of my mind when we would have meetings or anything along that sort. Um, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to the Hillary Ramos Show. I'm speaking with medium Tina Bueno. For more information about Tina, visit her website, www.healthysoulcenters.com. Tina, we have to go to a station break, but when we come back, we are going to talk about what it means to be a channel and multidimensional selves. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. 
you're gonna start taking this hemp, I say go to hempusa.org. You may not like what I'm about to say, but you know I'm gonna say it anyway. The government doesn't want the best for you. They keep you down, they keep you blue. They starve your body for all its nutrients. They won't let you grow industrial hemp. It really doesn't make any kind of sense when it's so healthy for the world and useful for you, my friends. I hope Mr. Bush will hear this song for the heart of America wants this one. Go to hempusa.org. If you're a truther, an anarchist, or renegade, you only want things that God has made. Go to hempusa.org. We offer free shipping anywhere in the States. Go to hempusa.org. Welcome back, everyone. You are currently listening to the Hillary Ramo Show, Matters for Mind, Body, and Spirit Talk Radio. I am speaking Tina Bueno, medium and clairvoyant. For more information about Tina, visit HealthySoulCenters.com. We are opening the phone lines. And if you would like to call and ask Tina and myself a question, the phone number to call is 888-815-9756. And you can give us a call, and we will take your question on the air. So, Tina, are you there? I am. <laughs> I would like to quickly just, we have a, a list of questions that were emailed to me, so I would like to just start with one of them, and uh, then we can get into talking about channeling and uh, all of that great stuff. Our first question comes from Lisa in Denver, Colorado. Lisa asks, hi, Hillary. Hi, Tina. How do I know I am communicating with spirit guides and not just my imagination? Hmm. Just know that you are. <laughs> Accept it, honor it, and know that you really are communicating with spirit guides. They're coming through in a variety of ways for you, and uh, sometimes they're coming through in your dreams, and sometimes it's kind of like um, that thought that comes into your head that seems a little bit unexpected to you. So just just. Keep honoring it and allowing it to come through if you'd like it to and ask them to be even clearer. A lot of times people will get a, a really wonderful sensation when they've had an experience or an encounter, if you might say, or feeling connected uh, to their, their spirit guides. But listen to your own intuition and it fe if it feels like you are, then you really are. I always like to say what we imagine is real, mm -hmm. and then we begin to access other levels. Lisa, if you're out there listening, one of the things my teachers have taught me and it has helped tremendously in discerning between just those two things, because I had the same question when I was going through my experience of connecting to the unseen realms, and with, if we can believe that what we imagine is real, then it opens up a doorway to an entirely different world. And in fact, what we do imagine does become our reality. We just have to believe it becomes our reality. You know, Tina, one of the things I'd like to talk about next is what does it mean to be a channel? We hear a lot of that word. And I think sometimes it, there's a lot of miscon you know, misconceptions about the word channel because I, it's been my experience that when I try to explain, you know, channeling to somebody, you know, it, it you get a lot of weird reactions. <laughs> but, you know, it too, it's almost unexplainable, I think. It's something that it, it's, I, know, I understand the process. I know the process. I've done it myself. It's something that, that it's just very difficult to explain. So let's start with the basics of what does it mean to be or to do channeling. For me and my personal experience, what it has meant is um, I, I have this, this feeling that I kind of almost step aside. Like it's, I don't step out of my body. I am very conscious, and I do not allow anything to come into me like, like trans channels sometimes do or unconscious channels. I, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling where I move into the heart, and I, I allow the energy to come through in, uh, at first it came through just by sound so that I could hear it. And I step aside because 
when I what I mean by that, it's almost like as if I was like running to the other side of my my mind or my consciousness, if you will, like running to the other side of the room, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then I just allow whatever to to whatever words are coming through to come straight through because I don't translate it, I don't interpret it, I don't uh, bring my own judgment into it. It's just a very clear channel to allow that energy to come through and say whatever is for the highest good of the person or if I'm channeling a group of, of beings like the Galactic Council, then they come through to the group and, and deliver their message. But that's what it has meant for me. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I don't think of myself as a psychic or even necessarily a medium. And But it, it, there's such a fine line between all of that. To me, for example, a medium, and, and perhaps it's just because of those that we know well uh, and how they, that they call themselves mediums, they're the ones who tend to uh, communicate mostly with those who've crossed over mm-hmm. and deliver the message. And even sometimes they go through the experience. Like say, for example, someone's crossed over from a death of sorts, uh, a death of... No, of sorts, because of course they've crossed over, but meaning they've crossed over like from a, a murder or a, a disease or something, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it seems like mediums go through and almost experience or see it from the perspective of the one who's crossed over. And then that's very different than me. I, I don't do that. Sometimes they give me visuals of certain things that might have occurred for them, but uh, I, I can get feelings, but I don't, I don't take on that full experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think and that's then, a great point, yeah, because a lot of people probably, it, it's really interesting the concept of how different people channel. I think channel is just such a broad word because everybody does it differently. And people I've talked to or interviewed for my shows have all shared their experiences, and it's been completely unique. Mm. But there's always a consistent thread that runs through. You know, everybody has their own way or their own tools or their own specific techniques. Um, I know when I'm working with somebody, I can feel energy, whether it's over the phone or whether I'm doing body work sessions. It's something that it's just what I do and how I do it. And I can find those leaks and go through them into other aspects of self, and that's how I work with my clients. Do I call it channeling? I don't know because I'm channeling. My spirit guides are with me. Right. And I'm certainly working on other levels besides where I'm standing. So, you know, it's really an interesting concept. Now, you mentioned the Galactic Council, and, I, you know, if you go if, on your website, you do a lot of work with this particular um, idea. What is it, and, and how did you come about it? And, and just go there. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we are there. <laughs> We are here, there, and everywhere oh, simultaneously, <laughs> right? Um, when you know, when I started to do group channeling, because I do the private sessions, and when I started to do group channeling, I would have different beings come through. In the very beginning, it was uh, a group of light beings called the Cities of Light Beings, and they're fifth-dimensional beings that exist in what's called Cities of Light in that fifth dimension. And they would come through and help us uh, assist people in experiencing that fifth dimension frequency because you journey through the heart, which it's, you know, through that love, that self-love, and you move into that frequency of love. And that is um, helping us to remember that dimension experience and then anchoring it into our 3D, our human experience, and that's how we begin to create heaven on earth. I went to, you, you had a guest on before, uh, Mary Lamondo, who mm-hmm. does the trips to Egypt. She's my astrologist. Yes. She's wonderful, she's, everybody. She's phenomenal. <laughs> you, phenomenal. You can find her information on my website, hillaryramo.com. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Mary, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal. And uh, I, when she told me that she was doing uh, uh, another trip to, to Egypt, immediately I knew somehow that I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And to make a, a very beautiful story short, because <laughs> I could talk for that about that for hours, uh, while I was there, I had a, an experience that is truly beyond words in the king's chamber 
of uh, the Great Pyramid in Giza. And I uh, experienced a connection with light beings. And then from that point on, when I came back, the group channelings came from uh, the beings called the Galactic Council. Some people know them as the Galactic Federation. The Galactic Council, the way that they have shown me and expressed it to me, is they have representatives from all dimensions, all galaxies, all universes, all existences. They have a representative on what's called a Galactic Council. And the Galactic Council, they have sub-councils, and everyone has, every sub-council and every, every part of that organization has its purpose. And, and the main overall purpose is, is to assist us in our evolutionary leap that we're going through, the humanity of this planet Earth. And they are here assisting us every which way possible that we desire it. And they're all from love. They're, they're all with the, uh, the highest purpose in mind to help us go through that transformation. And when they, when they communicate, they come through with messages on how to, how to go through that experience or what is going on with us and where we are right now in the process. But they are so filled with love, and it is, it is absolutely beautiful. How would one go about uh, talking to you more about this? The Galactic would, Council? Yeah. Would they contact you on your website? How, how yeah. do you do sessions with that, or do you have CDs, or how do, how do you work with that? Usually? I do. I, um, because I do it publicly, uh, I record them and, on CDs, and so they could go to www.healthy. Soul, S-O-U-L, centers.com, and then go to our online store. And I have CDs from previous, uh, previous, I do it monthly, and they would, they could just order it. It's $5. And um, they certainly could ask for a session, their own private session, although usually in private sessions what I do is, is, is uh, channel their personal guides. But they could certainly ask for the council to come through. And you know, the I'm way that sure. I also understand it is that uh, many of our higher selves are actually sitting on the council as yeah. representatives too because not all of the, the beings that are on the council have had the human experience. And so sometimes when they're coming through with guidance, they, they need the assistance of our higher selves that are having the human experience or have been through many human experiences to, uh, to assist in the wording and the process description and, uh, and guiding us through the whole, the whole transformation. Hmm. Wow. You know, I'm doing a trip to Egypt. I've been to Egypt, and I'm going back. I'm, I'm actually going back with Mary in mm-hmm. April of 2009 for an Equinox tour, and the first time that I went into the King's Chamber was just a profound experience. And yeah. it's just very hard to put into words what you experience there. And it's just so beyond anything that you normally would experience in your life. And I highly encourage anybody who feels called to visit my website and, and find out more about my trip. And uh, please join us. It, it's something that I'm finding that very it, a lot of people are called in fact that leads us into another question uh, we have a question from Mary in New York Mary asks why does traveling to sacred sites such as Egypt open energy centers easier than non-sacred sites that's actually more in our minds uh, because because of our uh, our three-dimensional belief system, we believe that in the physical body, I am sitting here in this place, and you are sitting there in that place, and um, and it makes it more. It makes our own experience of journeying, even within our expanded selves, a little more challenging. So, by going to sacred sites, we allow we open ourselves up more than the idea, well, I'm physically here, and now I can have this experience. But anyone, I know, Hillary, you're, uh, you do shamanic work, which you say, you know, which you mentioned that you did, then you know that you don't have to be anywhere. You can be exactly where you are and journey anywhere mm-hmm. to have the experiences that you are seeking. It's true, but it's, there's something about 
going into the temples themselves. I've been to Peru. I've been to places all over the world, different sacred sites, and it's just there is something, and I it is a mental experience as well because you are so blown away by the beauty of the places and the feeling, the the frequency, the energy frequencies feel very different there than they do on some other sites, and it's just an interesting. It's an interesting thing that you have to experience for yourself. <laughs> it's so true. And, and it, because, <laughs> because it may be challenging to journey on your own, for example, then, then going to these sites uh, go, allow you to sit in the vibration, the frequency of the site, and then what happens is you, you connect to remembering that frequency that already exists within you. And that's why going there makes it so fun as well. It sure does. In fact, we have another question. Thanks, Mary. That was a great question. I really appreciate that. Um, Our next question comes from Karen in Maryland. Karen asks, Hi, Tina. I'm having a hard time explaining to my son, who is clairvoyant, what he is experiencing. Do you have any suggestions as to how to handle kids who are speaking with spirit guides? I think, Karen, we, we talked about this in the beginning of the show, but let's just sum it up real quick because uh, I think maybe she's just joining us now and listening for, for mm-hmm. the answer to her question. Mm. I think one thing that she could do is actually just ask her son to share his experiences in, in his own words without her trying to, to put it into words that she understands. Just let him explain it more. For example, if he says, you know, I'm... I, I used to be a sailor or something like that, or, or he says, you know, there's, a, there's an animal that comes to me and talks to me, then she could encourage conversation that would, say, that would, would be asking him to express it in some way, whether it's through drawings, through writings, through words. Uh, have, him, have, him, have him bring through in his own, his own way exactly what it is that he's hearing or seeing and then just keep encouraging him to express it like you do every day hillary when you were saying at breakfast you say okay so what did you dream last night right Mm -hmm. so here here she can do the same thing she can say well what did you dream last night or what did you talk about or who who visited you or who were you talking to and then that way he knows that he's in a safe environment to allow that to come through more easily yeah, I would only I would add to that too, Karen. That you know, it's really important not to come from a place of fear. To make sure you you really make him feel very comfortable with it, and that it's not weird or it's not scary or he's not in harm, you know, harm's way in any way. Um, so that's a great question. Thank you so much for sending that to me. Our next question comes from Donna in New York. Hi, Hillary. How do I discern between positive spirits and negative or harmful spirits? Also. How does one protect themselves from harmful spirits? What do you think, Tina? Uh, the first thing I, I really want to get to is the uh, protecting yourself. You know, eventually, when we truly know that we are living as loved, fully expressed, as love fully expressed, we are safe, and we really don't need protection because it's whole, it's complete, it's safe. But in the meantime, <laughs> before we can get to that point of really understanding that, all we do is focus on the heart energy and focus on allowing the energy to come out of your heart and take it like you're, like you're scooping it with your hand and cover yourself in a complete circle of your own self-love. And then make sure that you're, you're doing that on a daily basis so that it becomes habit. And before you walk into any public place or, or uh, go into work where maybe there's some density or some people who are in the fear energy, then you just simply state to yourself, what is with me remains with me, and what is with them remains with them. And you just know that you are covered in your own light. I think that's really important to do on a very consciously because until we move into that place where we know that we're actually safe in all ways. The other thing is um, to, to recognize density I think it's pretty easy in terms of anybody who is expressing something that sounds like fear, judgment, uh, anger, those are all coming from uh, a place of density. But what's great about those, because those are really gifts, 
is if you can begin to understand that they all have a message in them. For example, it's coming to you into your arena and you're seeing this person who's who's really angry and is just taking it out on you or is expressing it and projecting it onto you. You it's very easy to to know that that person is coming from a denser place of energy. And so then you can you can ask the question to yourself, well, how have I been angry with myself, or how have I been feeling like uh, frustrated with my with my own self? And you turn it around and you begin to to recognize that it's a reflection of a message for you. In terms of non non three D people or situations, and say for example a dense energy that is is just something that's coming in, it's one once again that has there's a kind of a heaviness to it. It doesn't feel light. Uh, it, it may feel like it's uh, like there's an energy that's pushing you to do something that doesn't resonate with you. Doesn't feel like it's for your highest good, or has a kind of heavy feeling to it. If you're a, a sentient person and you actually feel things, like it's, there's a, a the room suddenly feels heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's another way to sense if there's a, a dense energy around. Yeah, I think that's a great point because uh, one of the things, you know, when you're first starting to learn how to sense the unseen realms, it's really important that until you're really secure with that light sense in yourself, with that protective self-love, it's it's it can be kind of difficult to to discern between what's positive and what's negative, and and you still have a, an element of fear. So just constantly, you know, surround yourself with love and light. Uh, thanks, Donna. That was a great, great question. Our next question comes from Dan in Miami, Florida. Dan asks, hi there. Is it different for men than women in how you experience connecting to different dimensions? I find I connect in ways that may perhaps be different than for a woman. It feels more mental for me. Please comment. Great question. Mm. That's a great question. Uh, before I address that, I did want to mention about fear. And when you hold fear, uh, that is a dense energy. And so what you do attract is more of the same energy. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to go into the heart, stay in the heart, and just ask for light to come in. And, and that will help also in, in the experience of opening up to the messages or the, the beings coming through. Um, let's see, this next question, do men and women experience it differently? You know, I don't think it's a male-female thing necessarily, and I guess maybe, maybe what, he's, what he's relating to is the fact that I keep saying about moving into the heart versus being in the mind. Um, and maybe if I could just say that expanded consciousness is not really in the mind. It's sort of out of the mind. Mm-hmm. And so expanded consciousness, though, still is in the frequency of, of love and in the heart. And so I have this feeling when I, when I look at this person and I see them, I actually see them, their expanded state is, is really in a state of love and so it's it just it, that uh, he's, he's uh, bringing it in through his conscious awareness and he's associating that with the mind. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, I agree. And I also feel, you know, what my initial reaction to that, Dan, is that, you know, perhaps it feels more mental to you because it's an emotion. Perhaps there's an, there's an assumption that, you know, women are more emotional than men per mm-hmm. se and that women connect on these levels more emotionally perhaps. Than, than mentally and maybe men connect more mentally than emotionally, but maybe not. I think you get to a certain, and maybe, Tina, you can comment on this quickly as we end. We're heading towards the end of our hour, but um, when you get to certain dimensionalities, if you will, um, you merge. The, the gender aspect, you know, it's more of like, it's not about being male or female anymore. You've moved past that into a different realm. What do you, would you, wouldn't you say? Yes. There's a, there is a, an androgyny, if you will, a masculine-feminine balance that comes about. And as we move more into the oneness, then you can experience it in, an, in any way that you wish, but actually any way that you desire. And, and that's really what it is, is you create your experiences. 
So you can choose to create it through a feminine experience uh, or choose to create it through a, a masculine experience. But really in the oneness, it is a wholeness. And, there, and we even move away from, you know, the I experience and move into more of the, the oneness or the we experience. Dan, that's a great question. I think we could probably talk another hour about all that. <laughs> Easily. Thanks for sending that in. That was a great question. Lots to think about there. Um, real quick, Tina, we're running out of time. I just want to emphasize to those of us who perhaps are just uh, listed, just joining us that we are talking with medium and clairvoyant, Tina Bueno. Tina, what's the best way? Is there a number for people to call or an email address? I know you've given your website, but is there another way perhaps people can contact you? Yes, they can call 954-957-9876. They can email me at tbueno, B-U-E-N-O, at healthysoulcenters.com. I have to say thank you so much for joining me on our opening show with BBS Radio. It was a certainly a great pleasure to talk with you tonight. So thank you so much for joining me, Tina. Thank you, Hillary. Everybody out there in today's world, it is important to express all aspects of self. We experience life on many levels, both seen and unseen. Getting to know your unseen aspects is really about getting to know unknown aspects of ourselves at a greater and deeper level. There is a great work at work in the world today. That work involves you and your destiny, both intimately intertwined, creating a beautiful tapestry of divine expression. Before we can access deeper levels of consciousness and other dimensional realities, we first must understand ourselves in a very deep and intimate way. Acknowledging our shadow sides, the lost and unloved aspects we have forgotten or hid deep within, thinking no one could possibly ever love them, including ourselves, must be healed. We must bring them to light and let the healing power of love transform them. I send you all love and light. Until next time, live well, everybody. Namaste.